going, all you slashers and survivor girls? It's the uh, the good buddy lunchbox here. And Meg. Yeah, and guess what, guys? You guys just fell your happy asses right on into a season three of the Creepin' Real Horrorcast. Tell you what. So exciting. <laughs> this is our third year. Third this year. This is a big honking deal. Oh, yeah. I'm excited about that. I mean, we got we got so many more movies to go. We haven't even touched base on a lot of the big, iconic ones. Yeah, we're just getting started. We might have to... I don't know. Part of me just kind of wants to condense them down and just start knocking them out. I don't know. I yeah, don't know. It's, it's a lot. But anyway... It's a lot. Welcome to... Welcome to the start of season three and the start of Slasher Month, everyone's favorite subgenre of horror movies, yeah. I think. So, yeah, so this month we're going to be uh, going through all of the, uh, I don't want to say the, the big names, but we're just nope. going to go through some, some pretty good we're slasher going, films. We're going through some names. Yeah. That, but stuff that I know that we probably haven't seen before or, in a very, very or something in a very long time. So I'm excited about this month. Yeah, it should be a good time. Um, but before we get into that, thank you again so much for joining us. Um, if you haven't yet, hit that subscribe button, like, share, comment, five-star reviews are appreciated. Um, go ahead and join us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Slasher, um, all at Creepin' It Real. If you want, or if you're so inclined, feel free to buy the merch at creepinitreal.redbubble.com or hit that, um, hit the link in the Instagram bio. So, this week... Yeah. With the pertinence out of the way, this week was my pick. Mm-hmm. What'd you pick? I picked this one. This one's been a guilty pleasure of mine. I, I can't. I can't pretend. Valentine. Okay. Yeah. 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 I love how I just went. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like I wasn't even aware of what movie yeah. you were doing. It, that's basically what it was. I was just such, gonna let it go. Such a jackass. Yep. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> I watched the damn movie, so I know. I didn't have to go, oh, really? Wow, that's... Mm-hmm. That's I'm... interesting. Wow. Go on. <laughs> so, Valentine. Yeah. So, Valentine, it was a movie. Or did you miss that part? Because there wasn't a mechanical shark in it. Oh, that's true, yeah. Because Jaws. <laughs> because Jaws. Anyway. Valentine was released on February 2nd, 2001. Um, it was made for a, bu- for a budget of approximately $29 million. Uh, its worldwide gross was about $36.7 million, so this fucker bombed big time. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, it was um, written by Tom Savage, Donna Powers. Okay, first, Wait. sorry, before you go on, what? those are like the coolest names ever. Well, Tom Savage... Savage and Powers. Well, I guess Tom Savage, there's like a novel version of this story. Um, it says Tom Savage wrote the novel. Um, and then Donna Powers, Wayne Powers, Gretchen Berg, and Aaron Herberts all did passes on the screenplay portion of the Aaron program. Herberts needs to get himself a new last name. Yeah, it's kind of dorky, but that's fine. It was directed by Jamie Blanks. The film starred Denise Richards as Paige, David Boreanaz as Adam, Marley Shelton as Kate, Jessica Capshaw as Dorothy, Jessica Caulfield as Lily, Katherine Heigl as Shelley. Um, and then I'm trying to see if there's anyone else worth noting, but no, not really. So, yeah, this was an early 2000s movie, if I've ever seen one. Uh, very heavily, yes. This is stamped. This, there is, it is a metaphorical time stamp on this movie. You can, everything from the soundtrack to the clothes to the hair to the makeup to just the overall vibe of the film screams Turn Millennium. Yeah, I mean... 
there are times when you watch something that is stamped and it's it's interesting to see that where they try to turn up that fashion fashion's a big one uh, a lot oh, of times sure. like with like uh, technology's another big one but it's more of just if you are aware of it because like they were walking around with the, the flip Nokia phones and I was like oh my god that takes me back it's like I had the one the Nokia where it had like the button on it so it would be like the oh yeah the walkie talkie was just like Fuck-ah! like just yeah it was really cool <laughs> I felt, felt like a badass until the the razor came out and they're like, oh my god, I need that. I had a razor. No, I know, but the, no, I'm talking like the the flip. Or what was the flip one? Um, I had a flip razor. Where it almost looked like a Game Boy. Oh no, that's the sidekick. The sidekicks, yeah, man, those things were like innovative. I remember I, your I, sister getting one. She was real popular. Yeah, yeah, everyone had one of those. But that was the thing was like watching movies like this and seeing that old technology uh, really dates it. And then, but the clothes for this movie. It did set it, you know, set the the tone for it. However, it didn't it didn't overdo it like in some movies. Um, for instance, in movies like uh, like Scream, where a bunch of the high school killer you know kids, you could sit there and see where oh okay, well clearly you're the skate punk because you got the big ass baggy jeans with the chain you know <laughs> the chain wallet the all the belts going around and you have the big baggy shirt like three or four shirts one of them is a long sleeve and this uh, the uber spiky gelled hair and yeah so or or the hair curtains like Skeet Ulrich had had Remember the hair yeah. curtains? You had hair curtains, didn't you? I totally had hair curtains. I was the new metal kid. I had the McDonald's front going on with the you know the shaved undercut. It was all black, and I was I was I was rocking Jinko jeans, not the big circus tent ones, but they were still fairly full. They they had the word Jinko on them, and they got wet in the puddles, and it was not fun. No, no, no. I had some soggy hems on my pants, too. I had my DC shoes, because I used to skateboard a little bit, and all my metal shirts, and I had the, the, the ball necklace. The ball necklace, yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah oh. but this was very... The fashion definitely set the tone for this movie. Um, and even, like, the makeup on the girls, like Katherine Heigl's lipstick. I was, like, frosted lipstick. Sweet Jesus. Takes me back to high school. Just mm. little stupid shit like that. And the, I want to get into talking about the fucking soundtrack because already as I'm watching the movie, I'm downloading it on iTunes. <laughs> I have a Valentine playlist of like the big songs on that soundtrack because they were some of my favorites were on there too. Like I haven't listened to Orgy in ages, but Opticon was on there. Yep. So good. There was and some remixes of like Static X and um, yeah. There's Disturbed. a lot. Yeah, I mean, and that was the thing. I think this was in that era when a lot of that metal was was coming into play. Uh, I think probably my favorite song on this the soundtrack that was played in the in the movie was uh, Deftones RX Queen. Yeah, that one's always a good one. Like, because White Pony my was. Girl, and that's alright. White Pony if is. You, I'm not done. Oh, are you, you kidding me? I won't no one wants to hear this, Craig. Cause you're my girl. Stop it. And that's alright. So okay, all right, but yeah. So anyway, White Pony <laughs> is a fucking masterpiece. Thank you. Moving on. Yeah. Dick. <laughs> but yeah, no, but there was a lot. I mean, he had like Marilyn Manson, as you said, De- uh, Deftones, Disturbed, Static X, 
Um, and there's a lot of like those ninety. It was that industrial like, EDM music yeah. too. So I mean, oh, I, it takes I, me back to my goth days. I actually w- I wouldn't have been surprised if they got like the Prodigy on there, which the Prodigy is my number one all time favorite. They did not music group, but. They, did, they had some stuff that kind of. They did not. That, they had. Right? They had. They did have some DJs on there yeah. though for stuff, but it was not the Prodigy. I think they were just sort of borrowing yeah. that flavor. But I think the Prodigy would have really fit in with this for sure. Now, uh, the thing that, like, as amazing as that soundtrack is, I had problems. Of course, you did. I had problems. I have notes. You always have problems. Okay, so in the movie. There is a big Valentine Day party that Dorothy is throwing mm-hmm. in her big-ass mansion. Her daddy's big-ass mansion. Yeah. I don't know what the hell that man does for a living, but I need to... I want to know, because that is a... That is way too much mansion for one man to to have. Mm-hmm. Like, I was expecting them to have, like, a, a pretty big house. But no, this is, like, a crazy as mansion. Yeah. Yeah. And for Dorothy to sit there and to have this, like, she had, like, the body issues of mm-hmm. when she was a kid and then, you know, growing up. She was up. a chubby girl growing up. I'm like, girl, you have all this money. You look great. You, your confidence should really be there. But anyways, that we'll get into that later. Um, but this party that she was throwing, first of all, there is a shitload of people running all through this house shit's gonna be stolen mm-hmm. either broken if stolen if it's not nailed down it's, it can yeah, walk out gone yeah. oh yeah there's not one ounce of security there there's it's just people just running around this house and that terrified me it's like if that was my house I'm like oh, there's things in people's yeah. pockets yeah, yeah every, like people stealing silverware it's ridiculous so as you're going through the party the music is playing over the loudspeakers right and I was jamming out and stuff like that it's really good however there's not one ounce of party music they failed at the out that the chance to add a party ask you know like you know throwing in some you know tag team or you know 69 boys Are you or something. Right now? it's something pop music throw in some Madonna I don't fucking know just whatever just throw some type of pop holiday yeah, exactly. Celebrate? No. No, 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 but no, no. no, I'm talking about, but there's, because there was a lot of really good pop music that was, you know, back in the 90s, but not one bit of it was played in this party. This is supposed to be a female's party, and the only song that was playing in this whole thing was Rx Queen that would get anybody's pants going, you know, just because it was like, yeah, because it's white super po- sexy. White Pony is the album you play in the background when yeah. you're getting busy. But... So, would anybody want to get busy to Static X besides Love Dump or uh, Cold? You know, I mean, th- I, those are the only two songs that are like... I, I mean... Da, 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 I da, da, da. Okay. All right, here... Okay. We kiss. I'm going back... Stop. A little bit of background, <laughs> background on me. I had had... Prior to dating you, mm-hmm. my boyfriend at the time, Static X was his favorite band. It's my favorite band. Well, it's no. It's on he my list. he literally had their logo tattooed on his back. Mm. Like that's yeah. yeah. So t- yes, you can have sex with Static X. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> but no. But that's the thing is like it, the the song that was playing was it was something that like you know got people moving and things like that. But every song that was playing was some type of really like hard metal for that 
era. I mean, it was, it was, like, it was, it was in, like ministry or something like no, that. No, but, but it was industrial, new metal-y yeah. kind of a thing. Um, yeah. Or I mean, I guess you could do Orgy. Orgy was also that the song they played too was also been something a little because it's a Valentine party, so you're supposed to kind of you know have that like lovey-dovey thing. But it was just like everyone was dancing to these metal songs. That was just something I was like, okay, you guys could have thrown in some pop stuff. But my problem was another one. Every time somebody walked in. To a room, a song was playing. They walk out of a room, a different song was playing. And then they walk into another room, another song was playing. Or they walk outside, a different song was playing. They mashed up so much of that soundtrack into one... You're having some continuity thing. issues here, huh? No, it, was just, no it, it wasn't the continuity. It was just the whole thing of they're in the middle of a song, and then it goes into another song once it goes into a room. And this is all within almost... Like one scene of two people walking in and out of rooms, or you know, having a, a conversation or an argument or something like that, and they're they're leaving. It happened a lot, and they went through almost the entire soundtrack of just in a very short time. And it wasn't just like oh, we're just gonna play Deftones and let the song ride, and then maybe a little bit later in the movie, oh well, now I'll throw in the, the hey, disturb or something. They like bought that. the licensing rights to all of these songs. They're getting their money's worth. No, but it was just, but that was the thing was when you, like you text me and you're like, oh, you're going to love the soundtrack. And when you say stuff like that, usually I, I do. And I'm listening to like, oh, cool. Deftones. All right. Marilyn Manson. All right. Orgy. I'm like, oh, like, oh, oh, wait, slow down. <laughs> come on. Come on. Like, it's just boom, 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 boom. It's just one right after the other. And it, it just rapid it, fire. They breezed right through them and it didn't make sense for a party because clearly fucking Skeeter's on the skip button. He's just <laughs> plink, 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 plink. <laughs> Don't like that song. Plink. Hey, oh, this is pretty good. We'll listen to this about two minutes. Click. And it's like, God damn it, get Skeeter away from the fucking sound booth. <laughs> but that's so angry. Yeah, I know. But that, that I, I'm one of those guys where I'll, I have to listen. I try to listen to a song all the way through up until like maybe like the last few seconds before I have to Oh no, I've skip, known I've known but... people who will skip will listen to a song and go, "Okay, I'm done yeah. with that." Like halfway through and I'm like, "Yeah, it drives me bananas." Yeah, the only the only time I'll ever do that is if it's just something that I'm just not in the mood to listen to. And it's just like, "Okay, I'll just not feeling it." Yeah. So I mean, it, it it happens, but I genuinely try to listen through a, a whole song. One of the issues here though with this movie is because like I said, it's very firmly rooted in that early 2000s aesthetic. It also was playing with the post-Scream template. This was very much... Um, it didn't have the meta-ness that Scream had, where it was very self-aware. But they followed a lot of the whodunit red herring type of a thing that Scream did. It had the... Is the boyfriend a bad guy or is he not a bad guy? Thing it had, um, it had a lot of potential quote unquote killers. Um, they tried to make everybody look like a suspect. It was the popular girl, and who you know rejected the nerdy. Like there's just so much going on here let's, where let's it had it some screeny stuff. Yeah, so let, the movie. Let's set it up. Okay, so the movie starts actually in 1988. It starts in the late 80s at a middle school Valentine's Day dance. And there's a nerd, his name is Jeremy, and he keeps asking all the pretty popular girls to dance. And the only one that doesn't flat out refuse him is Kate. She says, maybe I'll dance with you later. So she very gently and politely let him down, but she didn't tell him no. 
Paige told him no. Lily told him no. Shelly told him no. And then he gets to Dorothy. She's the chubby girl sitting on the bleachers on the sidelines. And he asks her to dance, and she says yes. Well, we cut to a scene where they're making out under the bleachers, and, like, the jock boys, the bully boys, bust them and making out and they're making fun of both of them uh, and then one of them says unless he i forget the exact wording but it, basically it's like unless he's forcing you and she's like yeah he's totally forcing me to do it like making it out that jeremy was trying to assault her and that's that was not the case at all so she lied she and lied then, about the whole thing. Yeah. And then the bullies drop down and start kind of beating... They beat him up. Beat him up, and they, like, strip him down to his underwear, and it's... It was super embarrassing. Yeah. It was kind of bullshit. Like, I get it. He was a little bit of a creep, but he was pretty harmless, all things considered, because he took no for an answer from the other girls. Yeah. He's like, okay, I'll just move on to the next one. And then, because Dorothy didn't get a lot of attention, because she was the fat girl... She was like, all right, well, I guess. And yeah, she was like, he's the only one that actually paid any attention to me. Now, it, I mean, it's, it's really hard to watch because this kid is getting beat up because a girl lied. Yeah, I have notes. Um, also, I was <laughs> impressed that the girl they cast to play Young Paige looked a lot like Denise Richards. She did, yes. I thought, the, my first thought was, holy shit, they found a 12-year-old Denise Richards? How the hell did they pull that off? Yeah. All right, so... Notes. The, the notes I have for this kid. Um, I was not as nerdy as that kid was. Mm-hmm. However, um, I knew what my pay grade was. Oh, he was definitely being, trying to punch outside his weight class. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's fault number one. Hey, you can't blame the guy for trying. I agree. But he went after all... Of the quote unquote popular girls, mm-hmm. and again, they're very pretty. I've had my my moments where I've seen you know, you know one of the really pretty girls in school, and you, know, you just get you just kind of lock on, and you're just you like, oh shoot, man, you gotta shoot your shot, man. Yeah, but I mean, it's the type of thing where you gotta you gotta play, you know, just read the room, man, because it's maybe it's like yeah, you can't go for the the super hot. Hot, hot but girls if you're or whatever. A four, but and you're trying to ask out a ten. That's a problem. You got, but if you're trying to ask out like a six or seven, yeah. it might work. But yeah. you're asking out like a nine. I'm or not a saying it can't be be done. I'm yeah, just but saying, you either need to be, and I know this is middle school, but yeah. in, ter- in adult terms, you either need to be hung like a horse or be loaded to catch a ten, uh, or have a really good personality. No, I'm talking really good. No. I have a really good personality. Don't shame me, man. I'm but I'm kidding. not. I'm not a ten. <laughs> so, but that's the thing is, yeah. I mean, there's there are women out there that they just don't seem real at all. It's just it, it's so far fetched and it's super. Yeah, it's got to be. You have to have insane amount of abilities or money or whatever just to end up end up with them at for even on a night or whatever. But for this kid in sixth grade, granted, he went up to one girl and got shot down hard. Oh, yeah. No, it was it was a flat out. It wasn't just a no. It was a hell no. Yeah, it was a fucking no. Never in this lifetime, so loser. So he should have take that as a, a sign where it's like, you know what? I don't think this is going to work. And, I mean, with, like, Kate, when she's like, oh, no, not right now... That was kind of on the cusp of, um, oh, I can't, I gotta go wash my hair later. 
It was a gentle letdown. It was. It was a gentle letdown. Like, she was too nice to flat out tell him no. Yes. But she kind of smiled when he left and he got, when he got shot down. So, going up to Dorothy, who is clearly friends with the five of them, wasn't a bad play. However, when that's kind of, it almost feels like he was settling and that's not good either. You know, unless he was like, oh, I just happen to just like all. Well, it's also just like he, maybe he just really wanted to dance with somebody and was hoping somebody would say yes. Yeah, but but then like when they cut to the scene where they're like making out and stuff like that, it's like, okay, well, what brought that on? Because like that was like really quick. I mean, cause it was he, probably because cause all he did was ask, ask her to dance. Well, it, there's a good chance that, I mean, it's a flash forward scene, but there's a really good chance it's just somebody finally was showing either one of them attention and that was enough. Yeah, but just for like because especially when we sparks see to fly for, Well, especially when we see adult Dorothy and uh, Campbell, the guy who was taking advantage of her and she was just so desperate and so wanting him to be in love with her because he's a hot guy. Yeah. But that that's what I'm saying is like with uh, with the 6th grade Dorothy I'm assuming that she took him under the bleachers because he wouldn't have had the balls to sit there and go, yeah, "Hey, let's let's go, let's go do the thing." And then she accuses him of assault. Yes. Yeah. That's the biggest problem, and I cannot stand that shit. And that 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 ruined his life. Mm-hmm. And I could understand where like setting that story up, where I was like, you know what? That's a good revenge story. Like. I'm with that. I, I like that story for this movie. And having it set around Valentine's Day and everything else, it was like, that's that works. I like that. But I hate what Dorothy did to him. Um, that that was something that was, that was well, really because, big. And, but that was the thing that went, that was the thread that ran through the whole thing. Um, and that's why we got the ending that we did get. Because that he did get his revenge on Dorothy in the end. Yes. So I say all that to, to like to make my point is is like dude it's like there are other people out there that are like you that will you know connect with you far better than you know because he would have nothing in common with any of those girls other than oh yeah, you're but pretty he's a twelve year old boy no I know all he's seeing is hot oh, yeah I know oh, oh, so, but that's what I'm saying. It's like there, there could have been some other girl in, in there uh, that he could have gone, and, and he probably would have had a much better time with. Been, he could have been picked on, but I mean, it probably would have been a lot less, and he would have had a, a lot less, uh, you know, shutdowns there, than yeah. anything. So, yeah, I don't know. But the one thing we did get to know that he's being set up as our killer throughout the rest of the movie is he gets nosebleeds when he gets upset or when he gets nervous his nose will just spontaneously start to bleed. So throughout the film, we see our killer in the Cupid mask, which, sidebar, is creepy as hell. That is a creepy fucking mask. I have notes. (laughs) Anyway, but throughout the film, whenever um, our killer would take somebody out, their nose would start to bleed. So that's how we know, okay, well, it's the kid from the dance, but we don't know who that person is because all we get are the Valentines with the initials of J.M. of Jeremy Melton, I think his name yep. was, and um, and so it's. But we're also introduced to another character called Jason Marquette, who is sort of set up as our our false trail there. Um, although 
That was a real stupid false trail. I really didn't buy that one. Wait, that was, that was the guy at the beginning where... Third person Jason, yeah. <laughs> I called him third person Jason because he's on my date with Shelly and he's just like, well, Jason likes you because we need to continue the species. Jason finds you beautiful because of all these biological reasons. You know, Jason, Jason wants to take you home and then when the bill comes, he goes, ooh... So you had the salmon. So, yeah. And, had, and the... I had the salad and the baked potatoes. So he's trying to split the fucking bill. Oh, it was just the worst fucking date. And I don't blame Shelly for one second for going, mm, no. please don't ever call me again. Yeah. And then he had the nerve to, to be like, well, you're not going to come home and sleep with me after we went to dinner together? It's like, bro, you didn't even buy me dinner. Like, <laughs> there is nothing here. You put nothing on the table for me to try to quid pro quo, even quid pro quo this. Like, no, he was gross, and because and Shelly rejected him, so that was supposed to be our clue as an audience to be like, oh, well, JM, Jason Marquette, and then like the cops were going after him and all this other stuff, yeah. and I was just and like, he God. was, and he got creepy uh, towards the middle of the movie, like because he was at the party, he had such and, a creepy face, and he was staring at uh, at Paige and and Kate, and he was just like he had that like killer eyes on on them, and he had like the big grinning smile, and then you never saw him again. And you were just like, okay, well, maybe he is. Like, that could be the guy. And But they did a really cool transition as far as to kind of put you in the mode of like, okay, maybe it is this guy. Because when they went from the sixth grade, uh, Jeremy, up into Jason, he had that same look. And it, it could have um, – like, he could have just grown up into that, that man. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But – Man, like that would have been a complete douchebaggery, you know. Well, he was, I mean, he was shitty, but every man in this movie was shitty. I have notes. Like every single Y chromosome on the screen was a terrible, shitty, awful human being in one form or another. From the bullies at the dance to... Um, Jeremy, who they were calling a pervert because he was just sort of creeping on the girls. He's probably the most innocent out of the bunch. And then, and adults, we have third person Jason, who's disgusting. You have the detective who tries to feel up Paige and, like, pretend that there's this budding romance between the two of them. Oh, which did not exist. Um, there was the guys on the speed dates that Kate and Paige went on. Yeah. Holy God, what the fuck? (laughs) And then there was Adam, David Boreanaz's character, who's a drunk. Yeah, but I, I, I didn't fault him at all. Um, it because that that's a that's a condition. That's something that he he was trying to take care of. But out of all of the guys, he was the only normal one. I mean, that actually wasn't like a complete douchebaggery. It was just like he just had a he just had a problem and. He just like him and Kate were trying to work stuff out, and she wasn't comfortable around him uh, when he drank, and he was trying to do stuff. And then he was at a party and ended up you know having some wine. But I, and... I have the you know comes to find out that Adam is our killer, and I think he was drinking to deal with a like the past emotions coming back, and b the fact that he was killing people. Yep. And he was drinking to deal with either the guilt or the adrenaline or whatever feelings he was having because he was murdering people one by one by yeah. one so so what are your notes on the men in the movie besides adam being the most decent of the shit it's not the just the men it's the women and everything like it's it's all the characters i had uh 
sort uh, sort of problem with the men, as we you know spoke about, like like the artist, the fucking oh, visual artist. Oh god, he was so awful. What was his name? I don't. Know I don't his care. Name. It was Lily's boyfriend. Yeah. So boyfriend? Question mark? Yeah. I don't know. He was a tool. He was. He's one of those like pompous, just uh, you, you know, know pom- he likes to smell of his own farts. Holier than thou, just artist and. He set up this show. It was a, a Valentine show for men and women. He had like one side set up for women, one side up set up, set up for men, and it was just all like close ups of different like uh, body parts, like eyes or mouths, or uh, just they showed pictures. Uh, like it was just it was a, a I guess it was like a video. He had a video wall. Was, yeah, video wall, whatever. Of- but then they had like it was like close ups of mouth. It was like love me, love me. Love me. I was like, okay, um, back up. Settle down, Andy Warhol. <laughs> Hold God up. Damn. Wait a minute. <laughs> um, so oh, we got a badass over here. <laughs> so um, that was the thing. It was like it, the art show sucked. Like that was a horrible art show. Mm-hmm. Anybody can fucking do that shit. It's the pretentiousness yeah. of the whole thing. It and it's like. I'm clearly I am an artist, and, and, and you like have when to he respect was, me, and it's disgusting. He was it's addressing so the the crowd that was there. He's like, so, what is Valentine? What he's like going into this like oh, really yeah. deep thing. He's I was like pretending to be deep. I just want someone in the background going, just shut up and let's go. Like he's got all of the depth of a rain puddle. It's not even. <laughs> It, it was just it was, it was so bad. But then he, he's like making out with Lily in the back while everyone was going through the the weird video maze. And all of a sudden, his assistant, who is uber sexy, like she was, woo. He was trying to create, sneak a three way. Yeah. And then like without like, Lily knowing. Yeah, and she's like, "What is this?" And, he's, and like, and then the assistant's like, she's starting to like take off her shirt, and then and then like Lily's like, "Yeah, what the hell is going on?" And she's just like. Nope. And like, <laughs> she, went and like she bounced out. She's like, this ain't happening. And like, just left. But then Lily, like, you are such a creep. You're such a jerk, blah, blah, blah. It's like, you're a disgusting pig. And like, she's walking away. And he goes, yeah, but you already knew that. And so I was like, great. So now he's this, this asshole that knows he's an asshole, that likes that he's an asshole. And it's just like... It just uh, blows my mind that, like, that's a thing. I'm like... Uh, he was awful. And then Kate's neighbor. Oh. He was stealing her underwear. <laughs> no, uh, that that on its own... Creep, Mark, creepy McGeeks. Because you know that scene where the doors open yeah. and um, the Cupid killer's coming by... And he's in there, like, sniffing her panties. He's wearing them. Like, he's stealing. You could see him hanging out of his drawer. He's been stealing her bras and underwear. And earlier in the movie, she mentioned something to Adam about missing underwear. And he cracks a joke about how he likes to wear them. Yeah. Just to, like, ease the tension because she's clearly upset. But, like, the neighbor is literally breaking into her apartment and stealing her underwear and wearing them and sniffing them and keeping them. But not only that is... Is he likes to? Uh, I think I forget his name, but they. I think it was like rhyming something because he always rhymed. He was like, he was like, it was fate, Kate. Yeah, it's fate, Kate. It's like I think we should make Kate. It's like it could be great, Kate. It's like oh my god, but he. That's the way he talks. I was like, who the fuck talks like that to people? Weirdos who steal women's underwear. Like man, I was like that. 
No, 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 sir. And like, and then Campbell was—he takes advantage of insecure rich women. Um, he's he's pre-med Dick in Van Wilder. <laughs> Anyone who's he not sure, pre-med Dick. He's pre-med Dick. <laughs> same year, same year. These the, both of these movies came oh out the same year. God, I was uh, I was so yeah. I was like I know him from somewhere. I and, knew him. He used mm. to be a soap opera actor. Um, he uh, was on, I can't remember which one he was on. Um, uh, I think it was As the World Turns, but he was a soap actor. And then I saw him in Van Wilder. He, and then he was in Valentine. He and, looks yeah. like Chris Pine that got stung by a bee. Wow. That's most unfortunate. Like, he, he's just like, I don't know. Just like bigger? He, or he looks like Chris Pine's, like, brother, but, like, he's got a bigger head. I don't know. I don't know. Something like that. But anyway... <laughs> So, yeah, he played this D-bag who would take advantage of insecure rich girls and he was to trying steal to, their like, trust funds. Yeah, and he was trying to er, play it up that he was going into this, like, internet venture. Yeah, this is before the dot-com bubble burst. Yeah, it's just this, like, the, the startup or whatever. And he ends up showing up at Dorothy's house. He met her during yoga at A this month very exclusive gym. And, uh... <laughs> And so, yeah, a month ago, and then he shows up at her door. First, how the fuck does he know where she lives? Like, that's never explained. They like, had been dating, so that's probably... Were they dating? Yeah, they'd been dating. No, but still, for a month? Like, what? No, like, for a month, you're like, oh, hey, let's just go out to a movie and I don't know, maybe she did then... take him home at one point, but that is also her dad's house. No, I know, but it's just... So it's... The yeah. whole situation is really weird. And then the stepmom... <laughs> yeah. But anyway. Oh, but no, but 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 chump stain that he comes in and he's oh, yeah. he, he tries to say that oh well I have the you know my roommates they didn't pay the rent and I had this startup and, yeah, I, and all my stuff's about, out on the, the curb. Yeah, and it's just like as soon as he said that to her I was like cuz I it's been years since I've seen this but like it's as soon as he said that to her I was like giant red flag yeah. I was like oh yeah that's right he's gonna completely well, he's gonna rob her blind and I love that she was just like oh hey like uh, she tells the you know the, the, the maid she's like oh can you go set up a, a guest room and he's like oh no you don't have to do that and it's like why the fuck did you show up if she didn't have to do that you turd and then it's like I mean obviously yeah like he's He's going to try to play yeah. it off like, oh, I don't I don't want your help, but she's going to insist, and that gives him an out. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's just it, – because Dorothy was just – she was so jealous because Kate had Adam and David Boreanaz – I mean, it's David Boreanaz. Yeah. And then, like <laughs> – can't say no. No, no, no. Can't at all. And then um, even though Lily, her boyfriend, was kind of a skis, like, she still had somebody. And then Paige, she was – the Samantha of our Sex in the City group, and so she was just kind of a whatever, like sleeping around, and she could bag any hot guy she wanted, and so Dorothy was sort of the oddball of the group, and um, was just, you know, she was just jealous of her friends and the luck that they, the luck, quote unquote, that their ability to get men, whether it was good luck, bad luck, or otherwise, whatever you want to call it, they they had a much easier time attracting the opposite sex than she did. I had one one of the other notes that I had for the women. So all the men were complete, just empty calories. Like it was just not even. Oh no, they were yeah. one dimensional shells of human so, beings. So and and they were all portrayed as just the worst. There's not one good guy besides Adam. 
And it, he's our murderer, so, yeah. I mean, take that with a grain of salt. Oh, boy. But, like, but, but hang on, before we move on, real quick, the, these, each guy represented, like, the worst characteristics of the male species. Like, they just took bad behaviors that you would see occasionally and just ramp them up to 11. I just had TLC in my head the whole time I'm watching this, uh, I don't want no scrubs. Scrubs can't get no love from me. Really? Yeah, I love that damn song. Yeah, but... But no, but that's that's the way I saw all these guys. The scrubs. They're just scrubs just trying to get a nut. But that's the thing is like it... They were the worst, but the girls I also felt had very bad tendencies as well. Um, Paige... Being the worst of them. Um, I liked Paige, actually. I like Paige, She but entertained me. I like Paige, but it was just... There was a couple things that she did where I kind of... I had to go into the, like... Well, you kind of fucking set yourself up on that. So, you know how um, there's those... Okay, so let's say a girl with big boobs is wearing a, a t-shirt with, a, I don't know, like two kittens fighting. Right, and I'm I'm afraid <laughs> I'm scared. No. Where is this going? <laughs> stay with me. Stay with me. We're, <laughs> okay. I'll talk about Jaws later. Okay. So <sighs> let's say. Oh, even better. So let's say a girl with really big boobs has Jaws on her T-shirt, and a guy walks by and he's looking at her shirt, and she does that thing of like, oh, my eyes are up here. You know that thing that that happens. Mm-hmm. You know what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know. With Jaws and, and, and Brody. And I don't Clint. want to come on this ride, Craig. <laughs> Anyways, but it's just that where girls are, they sexualize themselves. And that's totally fine. Like, they have every right to do it. But there is that thing where if you are making yourself look sexy, guys are going to, you know, start flocking you, that, you know, because they're, they're all horn dogs. So one thing that Paige did was she's uber gorgeous. Paige is incredibly gorgeous. And the guy that she brings to uh, the party came from the speed dating thing. And she kind of came in and snuck in and stole that one from Kate. Um, oh, because Kate was just there for shits and gigs. She yeah, had no intention of actually dating anyone. Not anyway. even close. But yeah, so she came in and, and took that guy to the party. And she's sitting there dancing, you know, this crazy, like, sexy dancing and the guy walks up and starts, you know, they have this conversation and start dancing. He gets behind her and she's giving him sexy vibes. Mm-hmm. And so he even says, oh, let's like, let's take this upstairs. And, you know, I got something to show you. Clearly, she is well versed in the ways of the bed and knows how foreplay works. So she set him up and led him on to go up to a room to go do naughty things. When she gets up there, he's like, oh, she's like, oh, what are you going to, sh- uh, what's the surprise you want to show him? And he takes his pants down and shows his, his, his Johnson. And, <laughs> and she just, she's like, oh, you just came up here to show me your penis. Great. And then like starts to walk off. So she led him, she led him nope. on. Really? I'm going to stop you right there. Okay, go ahead. Nope. Uh, did I miss something? Yes. Okay. You missed, uh, you missed a little nuance there. Okay. okay. So she was giving sexy vibe. Yes. She was giving take me vibe. And it was definitely like willingness vibe. Yeah. The problem, 
the thing that turned her off was he goes, I want, I want to show you something. And he is presenting his dick like it is God's gift. And that will turn off most women. He's like, I made the donuts. Yeah, yeah, basically. So it's just like he just drops his pants and is expecting her to be impressed. Chances are there was nothing that impressive in there. No, I'm not saying that. But it's the fact yeah. of, I want to show you something. And it could be that really neat trick he does with his tongue. It could be some bedroom acrobatics. You know what it could he should have Instead, he just goes, zip, ta-da! You know what he should have did? Helicopter. But no, that's... That's literally it. Paige knew what she was putting out. She knew what she was expecting to get. But it was the arrogance of him thinking all it was going to take was showing off his men bits. Yeah, okay. To get her panties wet. And she was insulted by that. Because it's like, really? That's that's all you think it takes? Okay. Yeah. It was just, but that was the thing. Is like, And then she pours wax on his dick. Yeah. So, whatever. Well, that, that, one, that scene was really fun. And I, and I enjoyed that because it was one of those. But like, she left him there. We don't know what happened to him. Holy He's shit. still tied to that fucking bed. It was All like Gerald's game. She just bounced. All the murders and everything is happening. The Hello? power goes out. He's still... T- Anybody? She tied his ass to the bed, put a blindfold on him, and then yeah, like... Oh, uh, he goes, oh, I want you to wax it. And I'm like, oh, okay. Now, See? Now he deserves See? it. See? No, yes. but it was just like... But that was my thing was like, I've seen girls like that where they go, they get super sexified and then they you know kind of they they lure men in and then they go what the fuck get away from like it's like you set yourself up to do that they didn't set themselves up they were giving the wrong signals nobody ever sets themselves up for that stuff but which they are doing are leading people on well no but i'm i'm going from my personal experiences from seeing people right do that you've been led on or you've seen other people get led on right yeah i i don't i don't play that game it's like i mean i've always been like when i was a kid i was always that i i was everyone's buddy but it's like you had to come to me first i never went out to right do that so but i've seen my buddies were like oh my god this girl like she's like really into me and stuff like that and then turn around and be like wow I just got dogged and it's just like because she was putting off all these sexual vibes on him and then when he tried to do the same it became a wow like that's not what I was doing at all and it it flipped and so when I saw Paige do stuff like that it was different I almost kind of feel like granted yes you know Chet that was showing off his man junk was he just like he lost all of his game. I think maybe if he would have tried something a little different, the problem, or he didn't like, try to seduce her. No. Essentially, it was I expect you to pleasure me because all he did was whip it out, and then she's like, Well, what do you want me to do? Okay. And that's when he says, I want you to wax it, and there's burning candles around. She goes, Okay, yeah, and so but, she literally waxes yeah. it, but it's the fact that. He was just expecting her to take care of him with no reciprocity, and that just taking his pants off was enough to get her going. So, Paige, no. So, I liked the Paige character 
I liked that she had a good handle on herself. And she, because she was going to, the problem with Brian was that she, he had her. She was ready to go to town. And he just went, eh? Yeah. And she was like, no so that, that's Okay, so, but I, I could see that. But I've, like I said, going back from old, like, past experiences with my friends and stuff like that, that's what I saw Paige because she was the uber hot chick. Yeah, no, um, high school girls are going to, like, girls in high school and, and college and stuff like that, early college and stuff are, are going to be different because they they think they need to put the, those vibes out and they think they need to behave a certain way. And then when they do start getting that attention back, it freaks them out. Yeah. And then on top of that, uh, for instance, the the scene where they're doing the speed dating. I've always wanted to do this. Just sit down and just like just chat with people and like say some like weird ass shit. And sixty seconds later, it's the next one. Yeah, like they ask me a question and I just throw out something that means absolutely nothing to the conversation, but I make it look like I'm actually having the conversation with them. That would be a fun time for me. And then I go get some KFC and it would be a good night. So, but during the speed dating thing, they <laughs> the eye roll with you. So, I always wanted to try speed dating. You go get KFC. Eh? Why not? Like, that would be a... That would be a... Anyways, so... <laughs> the, during the speed dating, you got to think about, like, what kind of guys are actually going to those things. And that was something else that they tried to uh, paint the picture of the male, you know, just kind of like aura i guess would be you know like just like uh chump stain the artist and then the the neighbor and all that stuff so these guys like there was one dude that was in there he was super nervous completely nerdy he didn't he didn't make eye contact he didn't talk talk. he didn't do anything and he was the guy that got snubbed uh by Paige because she went off with brian because brian was talking to kate Paige is sitting right next to kate the nerd is sitting across from Paige and then she just like, Oh, hi, like, what's up? Like, and then that was, that was that. But still same thing. There were so many of those guys. It was like, just fucking weirdos. And it's just, I I mean, it's supposed to make, because it make Kate uncomfortable and you're supposed to get the feeling of what she feels through that. I was uncomfortable. It worked. (laughs) Cause I was like, I do not want to be in that position. No, but that was the funny thing was, Having girls that, I mean, again, you have Paige that's, like, super sexy. Kate is more uh, normal. She's not, like, busting out of her dress or anything like that. She's, because she's still got Adam. And she's just there for, Well, she was, Paige was bringing her out because she and Adam had been rocky for a while. Yeah. Because he was struggling with drinking and, and those sorts of things. Yeah, and she just wants, wants her to do something new. Or it was to get people. her out of the house, mostly. Yeah, but that was the, the funny thing was the way that they kind of presented themselves, It they lead on to, like, certain type of guys. The the speed dating thing, it was, and hence the, the Brian thing, because Brian was the most attractive out of all of them. And he still yeah. looked like, um, what's his name, from Wishmaster. Oh shit! Yeah, I forget his name. The, um, the guy that actually played Denahov or whatever his name was, the actor yeah. there. Holy shit! I was like, he just had that really creepy Cheshire Cat <laughs> smile. If he started talking like the Jin, I would have lost it. But I was, I just, what is your wish? I, none of those men were attractive. Not a single goddamn one that sat down with those women. I was like, woof. Yeah. All of you. You know what? This is this is where I was. I, I it just hit me that 
all of this, like what I've been talking about with just like having all the hot chicks and all that stuff. Match.com. Yeah. Right? Have you seen like any of the recent commercials for Match.com? With the devil? <laughs> no, that's the best. <laughs> that is the absolute best for the Match.com. Especially when he met 2020? It's fucking amazing. Yeah. It's so good. Like I applaud them. That's one of my favorite commercials ever. Um, but no, the the most recent commercials for Match.com is all these people saying, uh, like, you know, like, I have my dog here to walk with me, but I'm ready for a real relationship. Yeah. Right? All, all that type of shit, right? I'm ready for something new. I want something true. I want, you know, soulmate, all that stuff. But every single one of those people are incredibly hot models. I'm talking about the men, too. God damn. No, they're all incredible. They're real attractive. Super attractive men, super attractive ladies, and it's None of them actually exist on match.com. No, they not do not need one. no match.com. And it's it is false advertisement. Shame, shame, shame. Because tubby little badasses like me ain't getting none of that. Guaranteed. That's a swipe left on me for them. On that. Ain't happening. Like so I just that's where I felt like no, with like No, no. I think you would definitely end up with Satan. Satan will find you cute. He might like your beard. Hey, Satan! Hey, yeah! Hey, yeah! Hey, yeah! Hey, yeah! That's what I mean is like they, like on like commercials and stuff like that where they show off just these uber sexy people and that's kind of how I saw Paige is like one of those girls from Match.com. It's just unachievable. Like there's just no way you'd have to be like one of those guys that, I mean, if, all those people from the Match.com commercials met? I don't believe that. But there's she, none. I like yeah. the, the Paige character. She reminded me of a more down-to-earth version of Cordelia from Buffy. Agreed, yeah. Quite a lot. And yeah. I loved Cordelia. Um, She's great. I liked the Kate character. She was sort of our... She was our final girl. Um, and as I'm watching it, I'm like, whatever happened to Marley Shelton? She's awesome in this movie. And I looked, and she's just been doing a lot of TV. She's She did Scream 4. She's going to be coming up and doing... She's in Scream 5. Um, I think she's, like, Dewey's partner or something like that. She plays one of the cops. But, like, she's mostly done TV since then. Um, so I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. But I was I just couldn't stop thinking. I was like, she's really good in this movie. Who was um, the girl from um, Knocked Up? Um, that's Katherine Heigl. Katherine she Heigl. played Shelly. Um, and this was Katherine Heigl... Between Roswell and Knocked Up. She'd already yeah. done Bride of Chucky. She'd already done Roswell. Um, so she had a little bit of name value. She was supposed to be the new bright, shiny toy in Hollywood. I and they saw her killed as, her in ten minutes. I saw her as the... If you want to go back on to the Scream thing, I saw her as the Drew Barrymore. She was the Drew Barrymore character, for sure. I honestly would have put her into the mix with the friends and like Lily maybe you know dying at the beginning or something like that because Lily kind of felt like she was a little unforgettable you know she was just Lily forgettable was like, a little bit of an afterthought she yeah. only had the real the only scene she was really notable in was the scene with the maggots and the chocolates well and the maggots and then the, the artist yeah but I also couldn't stop seeing Legally Blonde because she plays one of Elle's best friends that's right yeah. same actress so I was just expecting her to start getting really excited and bubbly and that was not this role no, um, but that was the thing was I, I 
with Catherine, I would have put her actually in the movie. I think she would have really contributed a lot more to it. She and was. I always thought she was. Well, she's the one that went on that too, date so. with. Yeah, she's still very pretty in this one. This is before she we realized what a sour bitch she was. But like, yeah. um, like on the set. Uh, but she's the one who kicks the whole thing off because she's the one that goes on a date with third part, third person Jason. And because he has the JM initials, he's the one they go after because Shelly's the first one found dead. So that's what kicks this whole thing off. Um, actually one of the best, probably the most suspenseful scenes is the scene in the morgue. She's a med yep. student and she's working on a cadaver and she's being chased by the Cupid killer and she's hiding in a body bag. That was probably the most tense scene in the entire movie um, in terms of, like, slasher scares because he's going around either unzipping body bags or just stabbing them outright. They did a, a, a really good job setting that up. Yeah, for sure. Um, because they they played on every slasher just checking boxes, baby. Like, they... Yep. When, uh, first off, I had a friend who was in med going to med school she's going to be an rn and they were having to do do stuff like that um i know that there are i don't know if it's a type of thing where students could be alone in like uh, like i don't know what like like how high uh, in her class like she was if to she be able to be left alone in the middle of the night with a cadaver it depends she could have been a teacher's age she could have been there's probably some reason why she was able to get in and have access to that after hours um i think it just depends on i don't know it just depends on the program yeah. but i think i thought it was odd that her first thought after a bad date was i'm gonna go carve up a body well i mean it's uh, a lot of times like when um you know people like that are you know going through that stuff they desensitize themselves and it's like when they have like a bad day they can I've heard stories of people that will go in and have conversations and almost like they they make them like their imaginary friend or something like that while they well she was talking to her I think she called him Chad yeah not not being super like crazy or anything like that but it's just like they're just there and so it just makes it a little bit I just thought, uh, I just found it funny. I'm sure she went to clear her head and think about something else besides yeah. what shitty taste and mention. I mean, hell, if you guys are, uh, if any of our listeners are in the medical field for and deal with cadavers and stuff, one, awesome. Two, it's like let us know if that's a, an actual thing. If you guys are able to be alone with them in the middle of the night. I mean, so. they're great listeners. They have to be. <laughs> yeah. But that whole setup scene, um, where the Cupid killer is stabbing at the body bags and stuff like that, and then finally. She he unzips her. Yeah, that that's what I that's what I was going on before I went on my my weird tangent was the setup. I have to oh. applaud them for the setup because of that where she's dealing with the cadaver, hears the noise, and she grabs the scalpel and she's like doing the whole like survivor girl thing, like who's there, like uh, Billy, you know that type of thing. Yeah. And uh, then like one of the classmates comes out of the locker room. He and, almost got his ass slit. Yeah, he probably got got. And, uh, <laughs> and so, and he even, like, you know, oh, like, are, are you okay? Like, you, you know, need anything? All right, see you later. And then, like, leaves. But then she, like, goes right in, back into survivor mode. <laughs> it's just like, and. Oh, that, yeah, sure. Hey. Yeah. But that's when the, the killer comes out and, like, she starts running. Uh, and, and, again, all the intensity just starts to ramp up. But when she goes into the cadaver, the, like, the, the ice, the, well, the cooler, 
the killer, because he's opening up the body bags, is simple and it's just a, a really good setup. Because you're opening up and you're seeing the dead dead body. He opens up another one, sees a dead body. Yeah. And then he gets frustrated and then he just starts stabbing. Yeah. And I was like, it, that is cool. But they also linger on him doing that for like almost too long. Because it gets to the point where I was thinking, I was like, maybe she's not in one of the body bags. And maybe she's like hiding under one of the cots or something. Because the gag goes on for just, and I mean just a second or two too long to make it's, you think, maybe yeah. she's not in there. Well, the the one thing that they did to make you kind of feel that maybe she's not in the bags, because like the killer's opening them up and then he just starts stabbing. Because there's all the shots from underneath. Exactly, the you're watching his feet, and so I was expecting them to pan over and her be underneath one of mm-hmm. the the things. Same. But that would have been way too easy for him to find. So for him, for her, to jump in a body bag, one terrifying when you know the killer's there and she could hear him stabbing yeah and then and he's not a dummy so it's like okay but then he unzips the bag she screams and then boom hits her uh, like slits her throat and then zips it right back up and then leaves i was like boom easy, easy cleany yeah like that is the most clean kill and then like because she bleeds out and the it just, blood just goes down the the tube into the pan Man. She's ready for embalming the next morning. Yeah. He saved a lot of steps. Beautiful job. What a considerate killer. Yeah. That's probably the cleanest kill out of the entire movie next to the officer. The officer had a really clean kill, too. Well, he had his head taken off. In the pond. So there's no blood anywhere. It's just, poop. <laughs> he did cut his head off and threw it in the pond. <laughs> so. There was not a lot of, and this was... In the no-no gore times of the late 90s and early 2000s, where there really wasn't a lot of blood and guts. I have a note. It's a happy note. Can I can I give you a happy note before you go on? Yeah, sure. Are I was you... just going to say this is pre-hostile horror movie. But go yes, ahead. okay. So, um, I, I did enjoy that the kills were not uber gory or anything like that. They were very... Uh, They're contained. Exactly. Contained, but they, they were effective. And that was really cool. So, my note, and I can't believe I just pulled this out, but the uh, the detective's head, when it like so she goes, grabs the IOU note. Kate. When Kate goes in there, that's what I said. You said she. You just didn't say Kate. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, yeah. So Kate. I'm sorry to. We were just keep talking it. about Shelley. Yeah. That's right. I'm sorry. Straight. So Kate, she goes outside, and she's going to call the detective, and all of a sudden she hears his phone ringing, and. It's out by the the pond area. She picks up his phone, and then she sees the IOU note that she gave to Adam. And when she picks it up, the head pops up out of the water. It's Jaws. It's it's Hooper when he goes down into the boat. She recovered the tooth out of the hull of the boat. (laughs) And then the, the head pops out of the boat. It's fucking Jaws. I did it again. Uh, I feel so good. I was wondering when I was going to pull something out, but it's fucking Jaws. I quit. I don't want to do the show anymore. It's Jaws. <laughs> because Jaws. That's why that was so effective, because it popped up, scared the shit out of her, and then she booked it back to the house. Well, also because she saw the IOU note next to, near the officer's phone, and the officer was missing, and she couldn't get a hold of him, and so she's starting to put the pieces together. Maybe Adam's dangerous. Yeah. And, um... 
Oh, and, and him coming back when he or when she got back into the house, he's the only one there. All the power's completely out. Yeah. And then turn around and he's giving her... He's acting like a creep. Really creepy vibes. I was like, I don't care if he was the killer or not. Dude, like, that ain't cool. He's like, dance with me. I think what they were hoping... <laughs> yeah. I think what the filmmakers were hoping was that people would just assume he was drunk because we caught him drinking a couple scenes prior. Um, and he wasn't supposed to. Yeah. And he was just angry and out of it. But after you get that, after the reveal of her, of Kate finding the note, it's kind of like, um, so you want to make the fact that he's a killer any more obvious or no? Yeah, because that's what I was going on was just because of the IOU note, I was like, okay, that really set it up for that to be a thing. Because why would the the note be out there unless Adam was, you know, all but her or something like that and threw the note away? But he was he was still very like diligent with Kate. Like he was always about going around with Kate and stuff like that. Um, and also like when everyone like bounces out after the power goes out, how does Adam know that Kate is still there? And so why wouldn't he leave with the rest of the group if he was drunk or whatever? So again, he's the killer. So obviously he's going to be there, but it was, it was a nice setup because they were doing that the whole movie with all of the guys where it's like, okay, well, this creepy dude could be the killer or this could be the killer. Um, the detective was like, well, you know, plastic surgery is a thing, so he could have changed his face. You guys don't even know what he looked like from sixth grade, so, you know, no one knows. Like, he went from the middle school to uh, private school and then to, uh, like, a psych ward and, like, so... Yeah, he, he got sent away to an institute for yeah. the back end of his teenage years, I think. S- so, again, setting up for that, you know, the slasher killer, you know, oh, like, oh, trouble, you know. The biggest issue I had, though, is that David Boreanaz didn't play Adam as... N- he did a little bit of the Jack Nicholson thing where he wasn't... He didn't ever seem 100% on the straight and narrow from the time he stepped on screen. Where, like, there was never a moment where you didn't... Like Skeet Ulrich in Scream. There was never a moment where you didn't consider him to be the killer. <laughs> well, Skeet Skeet, he, um... <laughs> That's never gonna stop, is it? <laughs> nope. <laughs> skeet Skeet forever! <laughs> so, with him, it was more of a, nah, I think you really did it type of thing. With Adam, it was... I didn't get those vibes from him, like, come, like starting off in the movie. I found him more of, like... Again, just a normal guy that really fucked up, that's trying to make it right. Weirdly, though, if he played Adam more like Angel, like he played Angel, yeah. it would have been more believable, as he could potentially be a good guy in the end. Yeah, but that was the thing, is like, uh, because he had the drinking problem and stuff, like, like he went to the, the funeral and he had the bottle in the you know front seat of his car. First off, dude. No. Like... Clearly, that's a big red flag there. That something's going on. And on oh, top he was of that. full of red flags. That was part yeah. of the problem. But and, but the, again, that's the writers trying to set it up for you to to feel like something was going wrong. But I almost feel like they needed to do that a little bit more. With if they were going to play that card, they needed to do a little bit more with the other guys. They started doing it with uh, third party Jason, and he showed up, gave the girl's a creepy grin and then you never saw him the rest of the movie like he never showed back up 
And, and and well, him doing that was supposed to make you think that oh, maybe he really is the guy, maybe he really is the Cupid killer. And yeah, uh, and I'm not saying like every single guy needed to have that like oh my god, it's got to be him type of a no, thing. No, no, no. But after a little while, it started feeling like the beginning of Club Dread, where everybody had yeah. a motive and everybody was at, mad at each other. <laughs> they did the 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 slow motion like grumpy face, just, uh, yeah. <laughs> It was starting to feel like that after a little while. Like, everybody had a reason to be pissed at everybody else. And then Dorothy especially, she had that temper tantrum right at the end to kind of make you feel like, well, maybe it's not a he. Maybe it's a she under there. And um, because she had a good motive to be – because she was jealous of her her quote-unquote friends. So – like she, it worked and she had clearly had been since they were kids. So she had reason to some, at least a kind of backwards kooky banana pants reason to be killing off all of her friends. Um, well, I could actually believe that, but they never led on to having Dorothy be the killer at all. Like that. No, but she had that temper tantrum at the end where she was just like, fuck you guys. No, but if she would have done that. Like, had, like, that attitude throughout the movie. Like, or, you know, like, from time to time throughout the movie. But she was always, like, super buddy-buddy with them, and... She was very insecure, though, and you could tell. The way she carried herself around the other women, she was not comfortable. Yeah. But I but she never gave me killer vibes. Like, that was something... Like, that would have been... Like, if she actually been the killer at the end, I would have been plum surprised. Like, I, d- I did like how they played that, though, where... She, they unmasked the killer, and she was the one inside of it. Oh yeah, that was a that was a clever little uh, bait and switch for for Adam, but especially when it's like okay, so he gets to still kill her. Um, yeah, but she gets to take the fall for it. Yeah, which is what we call poetic justice because she takes the fall for something that he did, where he took the fall for something yeah. she did. And and now he gets the one girl that kind of you know, let him down easy. And she has no idea who he really is. Yeah. She still doesn't know he's Jeremy. So, and that's the thing is like, so now she feels comfortable with him because he saved her. And now he gets the girl at the end. Mm-hmm. And we're to assume that they just went on living a happy life. He never had to go and kill anybody again because all the girls that tort you know, put them in the the nut house they're gone now. they're all gone so. yeah the revenge the revenge motif thing is over for him but it it's such a petty fucking reason oh i got rejected at a dance yeah i think what dorothy did to him is a damn good reason to go after her because yeah. she she literally ruined his life but the fact of the other girls basically just saying no you're weird get away from me like i don't yeah, it's shitty, but holding on to a middle school grudge is kind for over twenty years is kind of. I dumb. agree, and and Dorothy never seemed to be the focus of that. I would have had no. Uh, she should have been the focus. She should have been. Um, but Kate, well, well, no, no, no. Kate was the Kate ended up being the focus because he's the one that wanted. He wanted to make sure that she. He could keep her. Yeah, and well, that's the thing is like. Because she was the nice one, he wanted her. And I think in the in, when they were doing the opening scenes and they were showing the uh, 
the yearbooks. Yeah. And there's all the, the circle pictures of all the girls, and it was like, I love you, and I think Kate had the I love you stuff all around it. They all did, and then... It was like, I love you, I hate you. And then, yeah, and then the other four girls had I hate you scribbled around next to it, like... He crossed out the I love yous. Like, he was clearly just, like, he had puppy love really bad. And he knew, he probably knew he was punching out of his weight class, but he was taking a shot at the dance anyway, because what's harm in one dance, right? Yeah. But, like, I don't know, it's it's a little bit creepy, but that's kind of not atypical middle well, school behavior. I also saw that as, um, that was Jeremy in the psych like in the psych wards where, potentially yeah he, he must have had all these books and then like while he was there was doing that and that's what we were seeing not from sixth grade uh jeremy that's the way i took it um at by, by the end of the movie but that was the thing was like so kate had the the i love yous all over the the book it, it wasn't like I, I had the i hate yous either on it um but so since she was the nice one and then dorothy did the the bad deed to him I would have made the focus more about her. So if she was involved with Paige or was, um, you know, because that would have been a good little setup too where it's like Dorothy is with Paige and then all of a sudden Paige, like she leaves and then Paige gets offed. And then, or it's like uh, with Dorothy's with Lily and then leaves and then somehow, you know, like, so she had like some type of interaction with them in a very short time frame from their deaths. That's the thing. Like a, I like this movie, but I think with a few tweaks, it would have stood out a lot more. Yeah. I don't think it would have faded into obscurity the way that it did. Um, and you're describing some of those tweaks. Like, it's just, it's minor little adjustments to the flow of the story that would have made this, like, a pr- I think it would have made it a pretty classic slasher movie Instead of just another scream knockoff. Because let's be honest, this is a scream knockoff. Yeah. Like, that's the long and the short of what we, we're dealing but with But, I mean, that, it's it's coming from those, that time where scream was, like, the Yeah, the and, that's, and that's what slash. studios... And we, yeah. I mentioned this earlier, but that's what the studios wanted. They're like, make it like scream. Yeah. Um, to every writer, director, whatever. It's like, I want... Yeah, that script is great, but can you make it like scream? Yeah. But, I, didn't, I didn't feel like the story was terrible but it was one of those yeah, it's kind of petty like it's, it's it's a real petty motive but if they had adjusted the focus a little like you said put it more on Dorothy and then just having everybody else be collateral damage then or Dorothy and Kate because Kate was the object of his affection and Dorothy's the one that ruined and, his life and I noticed too that Kate was never in danger no not even once never in danger nope um, well maybe from her creepy neighbor well, she no no no. I mean, like she was never in danger like, even in Ooh, the house. She was also in danger of getting pink eye because she did have to rinse her hair out in the toilet. Oh my! Oh my god! <laughs> oh, I like I'm sitting here watching this and I'm like fucking toilet hair. That's the worst thing in this movie. <laughs> her water gets shut off mid shower. She hears a noise, so she shuts everything off with shampoo still in her hair. And when she goes to go back in and rinse it off, her water had been shut off. And so she had no way of rinsing her hair, and the only clean water was the... She could have done it in the tank, not the bowl. I was like, God damn it. I was like, somebody's got to be smarter than that. It's like, go get a cup and get the tank water. Because that's clean. Not bowl of water. Oh, my God. That's how you get pink eyes. Oh, so gross. <laughs> she, even she knew it, though, but she was desperate. Oh. She's like, I gotta go to work. Oh. 
and you could hear so her put it as she's d- giving herself a swirly. She's like, ew, 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 ew. I was like, ah, oh, it's yeah. good stuff. But there is the like all the stuff with uh, like in the house. The only real danger that you kind of felt that she was in was with Adam when he was being drunk and creepy. Um, but or he might not be that drunk. He's not that drunk. Oh, <laughs> I think. Fest. I think he has a lot of broken lizard in this episode. Um, <laughs> I think he. I don't even think then she was in real proper danger. Um, I think because she even need him in the um, in the crotch to get away from him, didn't she? Yeah, she needed during him, the and, dance. But he was still like going like after like she but ran away. And he he still go went after right, her. but he still wasn't mad at her. Like, he wasn't angry at her after that because even – because she really would have been in danger at the very end when he's holding her and she's apologizing to him, saying, I'm so sorry, I thought about that you were – you know, you could possibly have been the killer. You know, let's figure things out. Let's work – well, whatever. And, like, they're having their little moment while the cops are pulling up into the driveway. And um, I don't even – they're supposed to let you feel like – because his nose starts bleeding. So the idea is to make you think that she's in danger. But I don't think she was actually in danger. No, no. Because he, he got what he wanted. Mm-hmm. And that was his end goal was to pin Dorothy to the killings. Mm-hmm. And then he ends up with the girl. And she, because it was a very intense and high risk situation that she was in where life and death, the adrenaline and everything else, and like she hugs him like she's you know all over him oh, she's holding up a dear life yeah and she's like i'm so sorry and he's like don't even think about it it's it's fine like i understand like he forgives her and then boom now they're together again so his nose starts bleeding at the end and you're like oh shit it's him obviously you know like once we kind of figure it out but it drips on her face mm-hmm. and i was like who the fuck doesn't like want to go oh what the fuck was that and right wipe their face when something drops on it and i'm like oh Toilet bowl hair. That's who. <laughs> she had also been crying too, so her face was wet no, already. No, she that was a big feeling. drop of blood that just like poof, I don't like, know, right there. Like it was like bird droppings, just clunk like, right yeah. on her cheek. How did you make this worse? It was worse with blood, like nose blood, just coming on no her way. face. Bird poop is so much worse. So it was toilet bowl hair. I mean, she lived through both of those, I guess. No, but still, it was just like, and then like when you see his face, he's. It's the the blood like like thinned out on like from the makeup <laughs> and like compared to when it was like coming out of the mask it was just like really thick it was like like really really thick maple syrup like just coming down I was like oh okay and then you see it on just him and it's like wow like alright cool so but that was the thing was I like that there the bait and switch for that story uh, portion of it because his end game getting Kate um, like he got the girl at the end, he became the hero, saved the day, and you know no one, no one will ever know. So I was like, that was really cool. But I also kind of wondered like what he he did for work or what he did for. He was a writer. He was a reporter. They both a reporter. Met. Okay. Yeah, because Kate said that they specifically met working at the same newspaper. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And because gotcha. at the beginning, at the funeral, at Shelley's funeral, before she discovers the bottle of, I think it was tequila. Yeah. In his back seat, she holds up, she grabs a, a newspaper. And she goes, "Oh my God, your article, got front page." So he was a writer. There were That's writers right. That's for right. the same paper. 
So yeah, but um, clearly didn't pay well because we all saw Kate's apartment. Yeah. Now, uh, one thing that I, I also loved too was um, the I don't I don't know her name, but the other woman from Dorothy that Chumpstain was. Oh yeah, the 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 scorned woman there. Yeah. So there was a woman that also could have been put into the... She was another red herring. The red herring thing. Yeah. Um, I'm glad that, like, once we got into the her scene, which was really, really cool, but it's set up where she was... I forget where she was... Her oh, death scene disappointed me, but we'll get to that in a second. It was in the... Um, oh, really? Because... Uh, oh, I'll tell you why in a second. Okay. So, uh, but we see her at the art show, and Dorothy's got her arm around... Chump stain, yeah. And she turns around and starts giving him the business. Dorothy's like, "Well, who's this?" And the woman's trying to tell, like, warn Dorothy, like, "Oh, he's just out for your money," and blah blah blah, and like, yeah, all this other stuff. And then, like, later on, I'm gonna uh, look up at, her name because I, I now I'm yeah, curious what her name was. At the Valentine uh, party, she comes in and like Dorothy's like, "Oh, wait, nope, you gotta you gotta get her out of here." And the girl, oh, uh, Chumpstain gave Dorothy a... You know, we really don't want to call him Campbell, do you? No, he's Chumpstain. Um, Fair enough. So he he ended up giving her a Cupid necklace, and she's wearing it, and it turned out it was the other woman. Um, like, so he stole all of her jewelry and stuff like that, so he's been, just been giving it out and selling it and all this other stuff. Um, um, the character's name was Ruth. Ruth, okay. So Ruth... Uh, later on in the movie, she is uh, kind of going around the the mansion, and she goes into the billiard room mm-hmm. where Colonel Mustard was with the candlestick. Mm, indeed. <laughs> oh, I have. I better not forget about that because I got some fucking notes for that shit too for the fucking decoration of that whole goddamn place. Anyways, so she goes into the billiard room and uh, the killer is dragging one of the, the like the maids or like a cook in, into the room. Yeah. Which I was like, what did they do? It's like, why did you kill them? Were they, they just there and they saw, just saw them? And, they probably saw something that yeah. they weren't supposed to. So they ended up, you know, he's dragging the body in. And she's like, oh, oh my god, I won't, I won't, I won't tell him. Like she runs after and like so that's when you get the big slasher chase. Yeah. Now. I have to say that this is probably one of my favorite kills. Um, but what was your problems with her death scene? Okay, so the way that Ruth died was very Fulci esque. Where that's why I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, because he eventually chases her down to a bathroom, breaks out a shower stall, and stabs her head on broken glass. Fulci, right? Because Fulci. So there's a lot of we're paying a little bit of homage to like horror movies of the past. But anyway. No, it's because he chases her down into the sauna first. Yeah. Okay, so she's hiding under the sauna bench where she finds Campbell's body. And um, you see Cupid poke his head in the little window twice looking for her. Which is super effective. Like, that was really cool. It's super fucking creepy. Yeah. But I, in my head, was like, okay, so the natural next step of this would be he would lock her in there somehow and crank that fucker up to, like, 350 <laughs> That's degrees. That's what I thought, too. And he won't, if she's not done, she turns a light golden brown around the edges. And that's not what happens. She gets out and she thinks she's safe in getting away. And then he chases her down into a bathroom. And it's, so it's sort of like, 
it disappointed me a little. On one hand, I'm glad they didn't go for the obvious because yeah. clearly that's the obvious way to go. But on the other, I was disappointed because I wanted to see her broil like a steak, and that's not what happened. Well, I mean, it's kind of like in um, uh, the Friday the 13th movie when Jason kills the guy in the sauna with the, the coal. You remember that? Yeah, but I'm also thinking of the Toxic Avenger when he did this. Oh, that one's good too. Where he's like sat her down on the coals. Yeah. But um, <laughs> but no, but that was the thing. I was expecting that too with him just cranking up the sauna and yeah. just and letting her let yeah. her steam. Like I thought for sure that was going to be a thing, and then she sees Campbell's body. Yeah. And um, I actually just looked him up, Daniel Cosgrove, the actor who played Campbell, and I remember seeing him because my grandmother watched a lot of this um while i was growing up but he was on he's done a lot of soap operas and i remember him he played bill on guiding light in the early 2000s so i remember that quite well but he's also done other soap operas since then so like somehow he broke out and did movies and a lot of soap operas so actors don't do that um but no but for ruth when she gets thrown through the like the the shower mm-hmm. like and just smashes all the glass and then they show you all like the jagged pieces i was like oh shit's about to get real mm-hmm. that was probably it was a cutaway but it was the goriest scene in the film i think well no like they actually show her her like get impaled yeah, yeah. She, they showed her getting impaled but it wasn't again yeah, it was it a quick was, cut though yeah i mean it was, it was boom and then that was it and then when kate's running through the the house and she ends up coming across Ruth she's still just there and it's just just a mess he didn't learn from the you know body bag incident so like that was the and you have Brian from one of the bedrooms going look is someone untie me now that anybody no like I didn't even think about that ass hat he's still 20 years later he's probably still tied to that bed no one's let him out because the maid was dead yeah and nobody else was there. All and, the help was killed. And then whenever the cops actually go through to, like, search the house or whatever, because, you know, that's what they're supposed to do, and they go to find him, he has no idea what what the hell happened. Yeah, yeah. Son, why are you tied to this bed? Uh, this is definitely not where I parked my car. I, that, that is probably the one thing that blows my mind about this movie, and I'm so happy that you said that, because I didn't even think, of, mm-hmm. think about him after that. Yeah, that was a... That was pretty funny. I think it would have been really cool if um, if the the Valentine killer was in the room while they were having that interaction where, you know, he, he drops his drawers and, you know, shows his danglies. And after she leaves and she shuts the door, it would have been really cool to have the killer come out and just, you know. Do yeah. away with him. Like, that would have been fun. My brain had filled in that same hole thinking yeah. that maybe the killer got him because that would have been satisfying because he was such a douche. Yeah. But it would have been fun to just be like, oh, like, have him, uh, like, maybe the killer. And that would have been another thing, too, to set up for Dorothy to be the killer is since he's blindfolded, he can't see anything, have the killer, like, caress his chest or something like that to pretend that, oh, well, Paige came back or something like that for, yeah. you know, for, for seconds or whatever. Yeah. And then, you know, get the off. I just love so. that after Paige was done with his ass, she was like, fuck this. And she's like, I'm going to go unwind in the hot tub. And she's alone. It's the quietest place in the house. And she just goes and we have the setup at the beginning because Dorothy asked Campbell to fix the hot tub because it wasn't working right. But, um, again, it didn't, that Paige's kill didn't go the way I thought it was going to. I really thought he was in a boiler because he locked her in 
like he closed the cover on her and locked her into the hot tub. I thought he was in a boiler. Well, I think it was cranking up because the hot tub wasn't fully juiced. It wasn't full. Yeah, but I thought that's literally what I thought was going to happen. And then he busts out the drill. And then when he gets a big fucking drill. And then when he gets bored of doing that, he goes, ah, fuck it. And just opens up the hatch and chucks the drill, which is plugged into the wall, chucks that in and just electrocutes her. So it's like a roundabout way of killing her. It's not the most obvious way of doing it. He cooked her, drilled her, and then electrocuted her. Yeah, he was real thorough. <laughs> he wanted to make sure the job really, really, really got yeah, done. Because she was the meanest to him. That, yeah. you know, didn't accuse him of assault. Um, no, but that was the thing. was like when he's... So he put the cover over and locked her in, and then he's drilling down into the thing. I don't know if maybe that was just to scare her. And mm-hmm. he was like, if I hit you, I hit you. Because, you know, that's just... Just him just playing with his food type of thing. But yeah, then just throwing the drill in. It was just. Yeah, it's like he did that for a minute and thought it was going to be a fun game, but she's putting too, up too much of a fight and he was like, I'm bored now and just chucked it. Yeah, because. That's he, how it felt to me anyway. Yeah, because he got her at one point, but at the same time. Yeah, he drilled her in the arm. Yeah, but I don't know if the, the drill would have done that kind of damage, depending on, like, unless he, like, hit her directly. Well, no, yeah, because it, it pierced through. Yeah, he got the, her. Yeah, okay, so, no, that that, that would work. There was, a lot of, there was a decent amount of blood in that water. Yeah. So we got her pretty good. Um, but, yeah, that was just, like, it was one of those where it's, like, and then, and then. Yeah. And then. I'm, like, oh, my God, no more and then. Can we just kill her now? It was it was a little overkill, but it was still kind of fun. Um, do you have a favorite of the kills in this movie? Uh, Ruth was probably one of my favorites just because, you know, the, the uh, Fulci stuff. And then um, one one scene that I liked, um, oh, I can't remember who it was. I think it was one of the girls was on the phone mm. and the killer was in the hallway. And it was off in the distance. All you saw was the shape. And they did the flash, um, you know, like with the lights going on and off. Uh, oh, it was it was Trump stain. Trump stain was down in. Yeah, because he was yelling at who his his partner was for this, or the bank, or something like that on the phone. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So he was trying to to get money transferred in to his account, and they were asking him all these questions, and he was getting pissed off, and then. Uh, the hot water heater went out, and so he had to go down. He's like, "Oh, great! Now I'm the help." And it's like, yeah, because she asked him to turn the, to fix the pilot light. Like, it dude, go out. Yeah. So, but then he goes down uh, into the basement area. He finds the the hot water heater, and you can see he moves off just to the side, and you can see the killer just down the hall. Yeah, just over his shoulder. Yeah. So that also means that Adam was in that house, just stalking for reasons. Like, he was just there. <laughs> like, because like, it was in the daytime. Mm-hmm. So, it's like he had nothing better to do but to stay in this house and wait for somebody to possibly go. Well, no, he must have put out the, the, the pilot light, and then he was waiting for somebody to go down there. He was probably and, waiting for yeah. Dorothy. He was probably hoping to get Dorothy, but. Yeah. So, but when, Alas. yeah, but then when, when Trump stain goes down there, he puts on the light. Another setup for something that I was kind of hoping that they were going to do something a little bit later. I think it was also to try to make Dorothy look more guilty because Campbell was associated with Dorothy. Possibly, yeah. Yeah. Um, but the thing was, like, so he's playing with the pilot light and, and a hot water heater, which is, you know, for our safety. You've never had a gas hot water heater? I've never had a gas hot water heater, but I've had... That's how they work. 
No, I know. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, but the setup was just like with Ruth and the sauna with Trump stain. He's playing with the pilot light and he's got all these matches. Why not throw some gasoline or, why not, you know, do something to, like, catch him on fire or something, you know? And uh, But, nope, he just ends up getting an axe in the back and that's that's about all. all yeah, it's know. not quite as satisfying as him going up in flame. No, and but that would have been something where I was like, oh, so he's playing with matches. There's fire. We're good to go. You know, oh, axe in the back. Never mind. You know, talking about the the types of people that were murdered in this movie, Adam's kind of an antihero. Yes. He was cleaning some shit up. Yes. Like, and that's why, I, I mean, it, it was weird because... Like, he wasn't a straight-up villain. Like, he, yeah, his motives was, was really petty and kind of stupid, but, like... Let's think about this for a minute here. He was taking out some pretty shitty human beings. Yes. And, I mean, like, even with the girls, Kate was the only one that you kind of felt like, okay, no, like, survivor girl, like, please don't kill her. Every other girl, you kind of felt like, eh, you know what, you could probably do away with them. Uh, like, you're just waiting for them to, to be, you know, to get got. I didn't think Lily necessarily needed to die but she was such an afterthought compared to the, the rest of the group. Yeah, she was she was there to... And um, Shelly, for sure. I don't think Shelly... I mean, she was kind of mean to him in middle school, too, so I guess... No, but that's why I would have flipped them and done, like, Lily at, as the first kill. She and was then, such an afterthought. Yeah, but then have Shelly uh, go through, you know, the rest of the movie. Um, and she kind of seemed like she had been one to like go for that the stupid art guy um and nah, then she was too smart for that no but that would have been something where uh, i mean yes as adam going through just taking out all the girls that that scorned him and then ended up with kate at the end it's like yeah he totally was the anti-hero like that was something as far as like slashers go was kind of refreshing because you never necessarily get that when it comes to yeah. slashers. I mean, most of the slashers there's like a revenge motive in there somewhere, but um, I think because of the types of people he was taken out, like for me, watching as an audience, like I didn't feel bad about it. Like he didn't hurt or take out anybody yeah, there's like that I was going to be... Yeah, like there was nobody that I went, oh, did you have to? Yeah. Like it was... Everybody I was kind of oh, like... Oh, man, I liked him. Yeah, no, every single person... I mean, I, I liked the Paige character just because she was kind of fun, but overall it was kind of like, really, there's nobody here that... I mean, they're kind of wastes of skin. Yeah, it's like I knew I knew that Paige was, was going to go, but... Because she was a mean girl. Yeah, I, I knew she was going to go. Yeah. But at the same time... But she was also... She had to be around long enough to provide the sex portion of the slasher program because it's Denise Richards and everybody wanted to see her half fucking naked. Yeah, but that was another thing too is that they, this was also, I think... was it, This wasn't a PG-13, was it? Uh, I don't think so. Um, I think it was R-rated. Because that was something where it's like there was no boobs. There was only just... Underwear. No, this is at the time when the MPAA was, like, all on that shit. Um, yeah, because we just got the Denise Richards in the water. and I mean, she was wearing a teeny tiny itty bitty bikini. Yeah. Um, no, this isn't our rating. Is it? Okay. But that's that was something that I was kind of surprised with, was there was no boobage in this film at all. Um, and again, going for a slasher film, it's 
kind of interesting. And same thing with Scream, no boobage. So that was, I think it was... It's, yeah, but Wes Craven wasn't exactly known for gratuitous female nudity. He actually kept that to almost nothing in his films. Um, one could argue... Last he, House on the Left. Yeah, but you didn't see anybody's tits. No. But I mean, was, there was the rape scene, which was really uncomfortable, but... Yeah. Generally speaking, he's not about the nudity life um, in his movies. But other, we all know that scores of others are. Looking at you, Friday the 13th franchise. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, but that was, that was something that was interesting for that, where they over, they, they really sexualized the women in this film. They made horn dogs out of all the men in this film. Yeah. And. They went to the lowest, worst character traits of men and women for the most part, in this film. Um, Depending on your take, for me, it feels a little one-dimensional when they do stuff like, when filmmakers do things like that, because I just find it unnecessary. Um, It's so much more interesting when there's more to a character than just their bad behavior. It it feels like you're watching a CW show. And uh, if you're a, a listener of this program, you've heard me talk about the CW and how... Every goddamn show, it's so unrealistic because everyone's smoking hot, and it just has no realistic. They're teenage soap operas, though. That's no, I know, written. but that's what I'm saying, though. But it's it same thing for these. It's just like you have a bunch of really hot girls, and you have some again taking it to the lowest of the low, or you know, not the lowest of the low, but you put but the them worst, in the worst versions of yes. those behaviors. Yeah, and, but with the girls. Because they're dealing with this killer, they bring them up to like a, another, like a, a realistic level compared to the guys in the film where well, you have everyone's to, terrible. Because most most of the victims were the women, and the goal is to get the audience to like them so that when they are killed, you're supposed to feel something. Was it successful? Not really. Well, to a to a degree, with some of them. With, I would say. With Shelly and Lily, no. Paige, yes, because you got to know Paige a little bit longer. And they kept her on they kept her longer, A, because of like the scenes that they were gonna put her in later. But also because at the time this was Denise Richards on the way up. Yes. She'd already done wild things. Um, I think she either was just about to do or just did Starship Troopers. Like she was kind of on her way up. Um, she'd already done Bond. She'd already done a Bond movie yep. at this point. So it's like we got a Bond girl. What are we going to do? And so you want to keep her in and you want to exploit that sex appeal to one degree or another. But Denise Richards, outside of doing Playboy, one issue of Playboy, she was not a nudie actress. Yeah. Like, that's kind of not really her thing. Like, she's known for being sexy, but she's not really known too much for getting naked. I can't... Maybe she has, but off the top of my head, I cannot think of a role. I feel like she did something in Star Starship. Um, I think she was in her underwear. I don't think she... No, there was a shower scene. Get naked, naked. No, there was a shower scene at the beginning of that, and... Was uh, it... Do you think... Was it hinting at nudity, or did you actually no, there see was, some No, there movies? was nudity. It was, like, male and female nudity, because they all showered together as the, the troopers. Um, well, that's not weird. No, it was, like, futuristic stuff, and, I mean, they were just... I don't know. But I... Okay, I but yeah, feel, but, like... I, nudity, I feel like she was uh, nude in that. But, but she's not know. really known for nudie roles. So, um... But you're still, she's in a little bitty bikini doing the hot tub scene. And that's usually enough for the horn dogs to be like, ooh. Plus she was wearing low cut dresses and everything else. And it's like, okay. And she was, 
she actually was a little skinny in this movie. Like, she was a little bit, fit, yeah. but I thought she was a little on the skinny side. Yeah. Well, there's there was that one scene uh, where it was just so inappropriate. It was like they were going to, or they were leaving Shelly's funeral. She took her, like, coat or, like, shawl off or whatever she was wearing. And Lily looks over, she's like, God, Paige! We're at a funeral! She's like, what? And she's like, and she, like, points to her tits, and she's like, oh. And she, like, covers them back up, and I'm like, yeah! We all, listen, if anyone has a group of, if any of us girls have groups of female friends, we always have that one friend that is slightly inappropriate. And if you don't think that your group has that friend, you are that friend. It's probably you. It's probably you. As the one that's just a little inappropriate, not always the the most, um with it when it comes to certain social situations that's probably you yeah. um so anywho let's go ahead and wrap this present up um okay. what are your dare i ask you what your thoughts and skull rating your final thoughts and skull rating i ended up i ended up giving this movie a 2.8 okay so it i would definitely watch this one again it was enjoyable for sure um even with you know the notes and the problems that I did have with it um, it was still something that it story was enjoyable um, even though you had to like, kind of like step back from it being uh, kind of a little bit of a shitty reason to go after them um, like I said if they just made it more about Dorothy we'd it have been, yeah. a little bit different story but at the same time for having uh, you know the psycho you know just psychological uh, you know, like the mental breakdown for Adam or you know Jeremy and then going forward in his life and then him getting his you know taking out the people that, that wronged him um, having that anti-hero thing that was really cool one thing that that we haven't talked about that bumped this movie up a little bit higher for me was the fact that they did not do the villain info dump yes there was no exposition. None. Not There was no, why are you one. doing this? None. It was all kill, no explanation. Yeah. Like it was Kill, great. kill, kill, and then Dorothy is the patsy at the end. They tried to do that with the, the detective to explain why the killer might be after them, but it was still very like, well, maybe he is, maybe he isn't. Yeah, it's speculation. Yeah, and, and that was something that they didn't have any information on. There no, was, you get the whole setup yeah. right at the beginning at that middle school dance. No, but, but even the girls were like, is it him? Like, no, it can't be. Like, they were unsure because they haven't seen it. Like, no one's seen him. But, the, like, the more that the detective keeps digging in on that name, he ends up finding that he went to the private school and then ended up into an, an asylum asylum. And right there, once you say an, an asylum, you're like, oh, okay, cool. I think, they said, I think like, they said an institution. I don't an think institution. they said an asylum, but, but yeah. But still, like, he went to somewhere where he had um, a mental problem that had to be taken care of. So that's, boom, big red flag. That's probably your guy. Um, and there's a little bit of a motive. Maybe, you know, it's, it's a little shaky there because it's in sixth grade to now, but at the same time, like still that, that works, but yes, no explanation from the villain at the end of the movie. You just get the show of, Oh, it's him. And he's all happy and he's hugging on his girl. And then credits. you get the black Christmas ending. Yes. Yeah. It's where, I mean, in reverse, because the boyfriend didn't die. 
But, yeah. like, you kind of get the Black Christmas ending where the killer lives and nobody knows it was him. Yep. So, I was like, that, that part of the movie I appreciate incredibly. Mm-hmm. Um, like, so it was, it was really, really fun to do that. And the killer itself, the note that I had about the killer's mask, I liked it, but it was a little too basic. Um, when I, I go back to, I have to say that the killer for Happy Death Day, same kind of the premise. Weird baby Huey mask. Yeah, it was same premise just because it was just the black figure baby Huey mask but the mask was creepy as shit this mask didn't give you that that jolt that some masks do like Jason when you see him it's like boom like it gives you kind of that feeling um you know just because of the presence and and everything that Jason you know goes for same thing with like Michael Myers the mask just kind of emotes like certain things you you don't hear anything from him but with this killer, the mask, it was close, but it felt too generic. I, I don't. I guess if, if that's the right word for it, the blood coming out of the nose also didn't make sense because that means that he would have had to have his nose buried into that mask for it to actually come out one of the holes in, in a in a really good flow, as it as it did cool effect but it was well he it covered his whole head it was front and back but no it needed to be like so pressed no but i'm telling you because it covered it's not just like it wasn't just an elastic that wrapped yeah yeah his head because it went it was fitted so it was pressing up against his mouth at the very least and so yeah his nose was in that nose space no but but the and if you look at the size of david boreana's honker yeah but no I'm, i'm saying though is that the, like the way the mask was shaped because it had the little tiny nose because of the angel it was or you know because of Cupid it just that seemed that was like okay there had to be a lot of factors going into it that would make it do that however it's there were scenes where they did a fantastic job with the slasher with the mask because like uh, Ruth in the sauna when he just He's looking in the in the window, and then he walks away, and then he comes back. That is really creepy. So they did utilize the mask, um, you know, to a degree. I just felt like it didn't. There was something about it that didn't hold up for. It. Maybe if they like cut the eyes out of it or something like that. I don't know, but because the black and masks like that make the killer. It just it doesn't humanize them. Uh, maybe that's what it is. You thought it was a little too human. Maybe I don't know because like the the baby Huey mask for Happy Death it's Day. It's a cartoon. It, it is, like a and, mask, and yeah. it, it's just a creepy smile with the you know the one tooth and yeah, the and big the, old the proportions were all fucked yeah, up on that. That stuff like that um, makes it a little bit better. But I think for this one, if you took the Cupid's eyes and you know hollowed them out, uh, might have enhanced it a little bit. But again, it's it's not absolutely terrible it just it was just something that needed a little bit more of a push instead of it just being solid black mask and then Mm. that's it um but i think maybe it's because the shape the size and the shape of the mask it was a little too small for the frame of the person it was on maybe yeah because the body looked 
because the body was covered in black, like a big black coat and all this other stuff. It looked a little shrunken head, maybe. Um, to a, to it, a degree, the proportion was a little funky. Yeah, to a degree. But like I said, it's like the killer. I was very surprised that I liked it as much as I did. Um, I love that there was no explanation at the end. He did kind of get his, you know, he, success story out of it. Um, so I thought it was really cool, and it was something that I could, I could rewatch. It wasn't that, that bad. So nice. Yeah, I mean, two point eight just because of those little tweaks in the story, but still, like it's it's, it's, it's a watchable. Two it's solid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mine was a little higher. I gave it a three point one. Um, I have seen this movie in the past. Uh, I think I've seen it, maybe seen it twice. But, uh, despite the fact that this was very, obviously, a scream knockoff, um, this is a really good dose of brain candy. But, it's only brain candy in the way that it's just a slasher movie. Um, this is one because you mentioned, you know, you don't get the exposition dumps and stuff like that. Like, this is a movie that doesn't treat its audience like it's stupid. It... No, and that's something where, like, well, like Scream did, and that's why I think this movie did very well with that story. It might have done that one thing a little bit better than what Scream did, is yeah. because you did get that exposition dump at the end of Scream where you're getting Billy's soliloquy about your mother's a slut and all this other stuff and then Stu going I'm just along because it's fun but I mean come on like Stu is <laughs> I know I know Matthew Lillard's a charming fucker my parents will be so mad at me <laughs> come you on the phone you dick <laughs> that is the best like having like with to go on screen that is the best even when you have the two kids showing Sydney what was going on because he, they're trying to get They're get trying to scare, scare her. I didn't mind that villain, uh, you know, info dump because it was entertaining, especially with, with Matthew. It's just oh, yeah, because like, they had the crazy eyes the whole time. But yeah. the, this one, this one didn't treat you as if you were stupid. No. It didn't pretend that the audience, it, did, it trusted its audience to follow along. So it set you up at the beginning, gave you basically all the information that you needed to know and then even though the who done it part wasn't done very particularly well um you you got enough to be able to put those pieces together yourself yeah it was it was just a little easy to figure out it was a little too easy yeah. um they but who done it's are hard unless you're agatha christie you have a really this yeah. a really difficult but thing that, to do that's why i said it's like if you would have made the focus a little bit more on dorothy and gave her a little bit more outbursts to give her that like oh maybe, maybe she's uneasy yeah maybe it's not a guy maybe yeah. it is her maybe uh, it would have been cool too in sixth grade if she went to go hang out with some of the other girls, like while they were doing like the the, the um, credits, where she went to go hang out with the other girls, and they kind of turned her away, and or then something. That, and then that's when she went to go sit down, and then that you know later on. Uh, I mean, there's there's a bunch of different ways that yeah. you could have just made these. But that's the thing with this one is, it's almost a little frustrating because with just some tiny little adjustments, and maybe if they had taken like a couple more months to really fit those puzzle pieces together it would have been much better and much better received than i think it ended up becoming um i do like that we have it bookended with the jeremy dorothy story i like that 
for once, the woman who ruined somebody's life gets it um, because she very, very deliberately ruined his life by accusing him of something he did not do, um, which is super, super serious. And I could go on for days about that shit, but I'm not. Um, So I really do appreciate those things about it. Um, It's not super deep. It's not going to answer any questions about the universe. It is still, at its core, a slasher film. So you can't go in expecting anything Oscar-worthy. However, for a slasher film, the acting was, like, above par. Yeah, It really was good. really solid yeah. acting. Because you can look at some of the, especially some of the, the ones in the 80s, where it's somebody's first movie, or maybe, you know, they're doing it on the cheap, so they just get the best actor they can get for the price, and you can just tell that it's just, it's silly, or it's overacted, or it's just, like, it's, it doesn't quite work. This one works. Like, the chemistry between all the characters was really good. Even um, all the douchebag men, like, that, even that, like, because the chemistry of, of the being unattractive like that yeah and the goal was and the goal was to either make those women feel unattractive or make the women feel awkward and uncomfortable and it did or yeah and even watching from an audience because especially as women we've all met men like that at some version or another (laughs) or i've been in a hockey locker room (laughs) so you've known some person it's all there but it's you know because we've we you know hetero women we've been on that side where we have come across guys like that who just don't know how to talk to women or they're awkward or they're gross and creepy or something. Just can't take no for an answer. We've all seen a version of whatever was on that screen. So it hits it hits a little harder for us because it's just sort of like, ooh, I know that guy. Um, but yeah, I think overall uh, I love the sort of like brainless fun of it. I think this is a is an underrated slasher for sure. It has its problems. Um, it definitely cannot be taken seriously at all. I but then again, I don't think any slasher movies should be taken seriously. No, this one was definitely meant to be just. It's as you said, brain candy fun. It's like just it's, fun, but I think because it came out at the end of the scream boom, it got shit on and then it got buried and it's been forgotten about. And I think that's unfair. I agree. I think it is unfair. But this for Valentine, I think it it holds up. And honestly, I almost feel like the creators for Happy Death Day kind of brought it back, um, at least for like the look of the killer and the, the who done it and, and, and stuff I liked, like that. But. I liked the Cupid mask because it was that classic Valentine's Day Cupid. Um, so it was keeping with the the whole look of the thing, and then they. The Valentines that were sent as warnings to the girls also, beforehand. Also, really cool. With the crappy little roses are red, violets are blue poems. Um, well, you know what? No, the the art, the just the pure art that went into creating those cards is just, mwah, like, it's so good. Because it, it reminded me a lot of the Riddler and I was just thinking that Batman Forever, and he took they took vintage style Valentine's Day cards, like ones you would find early twentieth century style, and they cut them up and they edited them and doodled on them and wrote some things on them and made them very um, crude and crass to make the girls feel like well this is fucking weird. And then you get the scene with Lily and Paige going, well who the fuck would have sent this? 
and they couldn't figure it out. And all Lily's doing is drinking orange juice to get the taste of maggots out of her mouth. So that's fun. Yeah. Um, but well, the Valentines were really, really cool yeah. to look at. They were just a neat little touch. I, I do have to say that I applaud the killer and, and the writers for Lily's death scene. That one was also really cool because it tied in for Cupid. Because Lily died by arrow. She got shot with arrows. Bow and arrow. So I was like, cool. Like that, that actually worked really well. And she fell from a really high, uh, you know, plate. Like she, like she was a couple stories up and then ended up in the, in a dumpster right at the bottom. Yeah. Again, easy cleanup. There you go. The most, seriously, (laughs) the Cupid killer is the most considerate slasher we've ever seen. Besides Ruth and Chumpstain. No. And he... (laughs) I mean, he put Chumstain in the sauna, but that's fine. He kind of yeah. cleaned him up. Well, I mean, but there was there was probably blood in the bottom of the basement really, and stuff like that. But really, the only one that he left a mess with was really was Ruth. Yeah. So good on him. You and know. Good- also, another thing about that about Chumpstain's uh, the the moving of the body. Again, they they tied into that slasher thing where they're they're ha- they have to be interior decorators, yeah. and it's like, well, you know, a body would look good on the spot, and, you know, so they, they just move them. But it's like, why did you have to move chump stain under the, the bench of the sauna? And I don't know. Why did Michael Myers shove one of them in the closet? Like, it doesn't. And why do you put Linda in the dumbwaiter? Yeah, like, I mean, none it, of it makes it's sense. It's like, wouldn't it make sense just to, because it doesn't seem like a whole lot of people went down into that basement, and the basement's fucking huge. Why wouldn't you just take the time to leave them in the basement? Just pick them up from the floor and just move them into a corner. It was just something to get with all the knickknacks. Ruth, something to be scared of later. I don't fucking know. No, but that's the thing. Is like it's like of course Ruth was the one to find Chumpstein. Well, well, yeah, because she was the one who was most mad at him for being shitty. So you know, honestly, I'd be like, oh, well, that's that's actually really nice. (laughs) You sucked. Yeah. So that is it for Valentine. Um, it was, it definitely ticked all the slasher boxes. It was a slasher paint by numbers, but it was a ton of fun. 2.8 from Lunchbox, 3.1 from me. I, I honestly thought that I was not going to like it as much. I really thought you weren't going to like yeah. it either. So I'm kind of glad even though your score wasn't like stellar, it, it's, you it's still enjoyed there. it. It's, it's a happy, it's a, it's a healthy 2.8. Like I, again, I would this rewatch room for it. Growth. Yeah, I would rewatch it again. But it was just one of those. I think I watched this a couple of years ago, but I don't. I didn't remember much of it. And then, like as I'm watching it, things were starting to kind of come back to me. But it was a nice revisiting. So I'm I'm very happy that I was able to do it. So again, yeah, happy two point eight. Yeah, for being caught in screen crossfire. Yeah. it was a good one. Um, so the early two thousands weren't terribly gory. This movie wasn't a super gory one. We're going to go ahead and switch that up next week. And we're going to watch Hatchet. (laughs) I'm so happy. Oh, I can't wait. So, (laughs) shit's going to get messy. Get some cane hotter and a lot of blood. Yeah. You've never seen it, have you? I have not seen Hatchet. Oh, that makes this even better. Yeah, it'll be a first watch, first impression for me. Oh, man. Oh, I'm so excited. Yep. So, until then... Hit that subscribe button. We'll drop in your favorite podcatcher every single Tuesday. Like, share, comment. All any and all five star reviews, especially on iTunes, are really appreciated. Because we oh. can we beat the algorithm just oh for once? It's like, please just tell us something that you like about us, or you know, just or, or better yet, 
when you go into the like to leave a five star review or or, or four star whatever you want to do, I'm not going to force you. But whenever you leave a talk a, about how sexy lunchboxes. Oh my is. god, no! Just write the word Jaws. That's all I want to see. It's super short, super simple. Just write Jaws in the comments. That would be amazing. I would love every one of you guys. Big kisses from Lunchy. Oh, oh, my God. Uh, please do it. <laughs> social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Slasher at Creepin' It Real, R-E-E-L as in Movie Real. And um, if you want to get the word out there in a much more fun way, go to creepinitreal.redbubble.com or click the link in the Instagram bio for all the creepy merch done of a, done by Mr. Lunchbox here, one of a kind of unique designs on everything from T-shirts to stationery to socks to home goods. Um, so hang us up as your shower curtain. We look great in your bathroom. Um, I do got to say one of my favorite designs on there is the I'm actually probably going to buy my own <laughs> merchandise here. He likes to smell of his own farts but it's too. Just, no, but it's just like it's the the cat cat head with like the crazy eyes on it. Like that one's probably one of my favorites. Yeah. It's like that that classic Halloween uh you know kind of decoration look. So, it was really cool. Good deal. Yep. Um but until next week, I have been Meg. I have been Lunchbox. Keep those chocolates away from me.